Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey, how are you all? Are you good? Welcome to, this is officially the launch of the podcast Girl Next Door. I am so excited that we get to share that with you. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Renee, married to Cameron. I don't even know if he's here. Is he here? Oh, he's here. And Chris. Okay, no pressure. Excellent. This is, I'm so excited to be actually launching the podcast here with you guys today. I would not rather have any other group of people to be sharing it with except for Youth Alive. You know, this is our 10th conference. Is that right? This is like conference number 10. Um, and so I just want to quickly share with you a little bit, a bit about the podcast next... It's not the podcast next door. <laughs> it's the girl next door. And then introduce my amazing guest. You know, one thing that I don't want this to be is just information. Because you guys have so much information on our phones. We can Google anything. We can podcast anything. And so when I really felt God put this on my heart, I'm like, but God, I just don't want to do another podcast of information. I really felt God say to me, this podcast will be about revelation and transformation. And that when people are listening to this, it is going to be directly God speaking into people's hearts. I want people to be touched and transformed and changed. You know, for me, I very much, and I called it the girl next door because that's pretty much my story in my life. I feel like the girl next door. I grew up in it, grew up in a broken home. My parents divorced when I was three years of age. My mum married again and then divorced again. And honestly, I am just an ordinary girl from a little suburb in Adelaide. But I tell you what transformed me. Number one was my relationship with Jesus. But number two was the amazing people that God put around me. So people like Pastor Russell and Sam Evans, who now run Planet Shakers, I'm telling you what transformed me were the hard conversations that I had on their couch. And we all need, and I'm telling you, God is putting extraordinary on a new generation. I've watched you guys come down and been flocking to the front for the last couple of sessions because you are hungry to live a life that is way beyond ordinary. But I have seen what God can do when he takes an ordinary girl or an ordinary guy and we partner with the plan and the purposes and we go fully in for God. And that is what this podcast is about. It's about having the hard conversations. It's about having the, the, the difficult but the transformational conversations. Amen? Amen. Now, we just got to like, are we recording right now, Brad? Where's Brad? I don't know where he is. But, you know, do you guys like want to feature on this? Because like if you cheer really loud, like you might hear yourself. Should we give it a go? Okay, go. Okay, like you took me legit seriously. That's like, I think it's the boys who actually squeal more than the girls, actually. (laughs) Like, seriously, when my kids were little, it's not Georgia that would squeal, it would be Liam. Sorry, Liam, wherever you are. I would love to introduce to you my beautiful guest, Victoria Beattie. She's going to tell us a little bit more about herself in just a moment. Now, get this, right? Who of you here loves the beach? Come on, we're Queenslanders. Who of you, particularly probably the girls, who loves sitting on those beautiful towels that are like the round towels, right? Victoria and her sister actually reinvented the round towel. 
and they have an amazing online community. You can check it out for a minute and have a quick look, but then turn your phone off and listen. They're called The Beach People. Um, they have now got homewares and all sorts of other products, which are in over 600 stores globally. She'll often, like, we'll be chatting. She's like, oh, yeah, when I was in Miami or when I was in California, I'm like, yeah, as you do. You just, like, travel around. Uh, however, she's also a wife, a mum of two. She's a pastor. And the reason that I wanted her to come and speak with us today is because I've watched Victoria over the last 10 years do her life extraordinarily well in ministry, in family, and in business. And so can we please welcome Victoria Beattie to the girl next door. I know you're going to literally love her. Her and I were chatting, actually, and who knows where this is going to go today. We've got a plan, but we're going to go with God, right? Let's do that. Okay. All right. So, so tell us who you are and what you do, other than what I've just said. All right. Thanks, Renee. Hi, everyone. So as well as a wife and a mother and an entrepreneur, I'm also a pastor. I was a chaplain, and a, that's some of the products we make there. So I was a chaplain and a youth pastor for about eight years back in Brisbane and um, at Forest Lake State High. Anyone from Forest Lake here? Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that for um, the first part of my, like, leaving school time and years. And um, then moved in, uh, down to the beach and started the Beach People. But, yeah, still a pastor, still um, serving at my local church. And actually this year just took on our youth ministry. That's me leaving the house some days with all the babies dressed as fairies. Anyway, cool. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. So let's go back to your childhood. What was yeah. something in your childhood that really has shaped who you've become today? Okay, good question. So I, um, I grew up in a Christian home. I was very fortunate enough. I had an interesting upbringing in that my parents were both pastors and business owners. So my whole life, my parents were buying and selling businesses and planting churches. So I had this really interesting insight behind the scenes. It wasn't unusual in my upbringing to be sitting at dinner and that they'd pull out like a P&L and we'd be looking at, you know, the behind the scenes of our business. Um, but when I was seven or eight years old, I went to what is now known as City Point, um, COC school. And yeah, and I was, this is... Let's just break it right down. So what happened that day, you probably might not believe it. I hope you do. I was at a school assembly and the spirit of God fell on the school assembly. And I'm not sure the age group in the room, but um, the entire school got knocked off their feet, literally, and were knocked onto the ground and filled with the Holy Spirit at the school assembly. I was one of those students and they um, made a call to say, do you want to accept Jesus into your life? And I was in grade one or two. And I went down the front and um, accepted Jesus into my heart. And the experience I had that day, you don't leave that experience. It was like um, fire, like seared, branded, like burnt on my heart that I was following Jesus. It was the same day I got filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I went home as a little seven-year-old and said to my mom, I think I'm talking like you do. And um, she goes, well, give it to me. And I did it. She goes, that's it. It was like God just wanted to wrap it all up. He's like, I'm just going to wrap this up now. You were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's you done moving forward. And then um, <laughs> later on in my life, I was 11 and I was sitting in my living room. Now, I didn't go to a cool church. I mean, I thought it was cool, but I was in a little suburban church um, out in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't another teenager anywhere where I lived or in the church I was in. And I was 11 years old and I was sitting in my living room 
Um, we'll talk about business soon if that's what you're here for, but let's talk about Jesus first. But I was sitting in my living room and um, I had a map of my local area out and I was praying over it and something once again just happened. I just wept over this map and no one had told me that, um, you know, that was something you should do to pray over your community or whatever. I just did it, a little kid, and I just saw in the houses of where I live people living without the Jesus that I knew, and I was just wrecked, absolutely wrecked. God just came and just, once again, that fire, like, seared on my heart, life-changing experience that you never walk away from. It was done. I was just like, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I was like, I'm committed. I'm in. All in. I'm going to build his church. And at the time, that looked like rocking up to my little, in my, the church at that time was in my house. So I literally put out the chairs and straightened the OHT. Do you know what OHT is? It's where you used to put the, <laughs> the words for the songs would be on like a little light that would like go overhead projector. Like a, anyway. Whatever. I used to change the slides <laughs> for that thing. That it was my job at yes. Youth Alive when I was like 15. So I used to type the words out so they yeah. didn't go like this. They went like that. Anyway, it was very cool. Very important. You were all lucky. You got like this going on. But um, yeah, so God changed my life and um, never looked back. Mm. So when you and I have chatted, the thing I love about you is how much you love the local church. And you were just mm. talking about that then. Can you talk to us about the priority that church is in your life? Yeah, yeah. I do. I love the church. I, I have grown up in it. I've seen it in all its glory. And I've been fortunate enough to have parents that have loved and enjoyed and made serving the Lord an adventure and like a fun one. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's always just been a center point of my life. Like um, I personally get something out of going to church every Sunday, but I also give a lot to church um, in the different areas I've volunteered in over the years or been on staff over the years. It's interesting, like I was sharing with Renee, um, chatting out the back before, like my very first job was at Macca's, yeah, and um, and my very first shift they offered me was on a Sunday and I remember just being like rattled. I was like, I don't know how to do both, like, you know, and I didn't want to not, I just worked so hard to get the job, I didn't want to lose the job, and um, end up saying to them, I'm so sorry, but I did say in my interview I couldn't work Sundays, and um, we sorted it out, and then the same thing happened when I started the business, like, the very first opportunity we had, um, we, we started on social media, and we had, like, a thousand followers, I think now we've got, like, just under 400,000, but when we started, um, no one knew about us and we got the opportunity to do this like really cool markets and my sister and I are like, well, what do we do? It's on a Sunday morning. And we made the call. We're like, let's just not do it. And then when we launched, we like sold out in two weeks. So God's got it. Like, and so for us as business owners, as mums, as like, I'm, I've got a lot going on, but Sunday morning, 10 AM, you know where to find me. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about dating, oh. marriage. Mm. You know, I absolutely loved um, Pastor Sam Long this morning was talking about the very first time mm -hmm. that he really felt God, where he had to really fully be all in and, and be obedient to God, was giving up his girlfriend of three years. Can I just say, guys, it is so important who you choose to date and marry. Mm -hmm. It is the absolute life-changing, game-changing decision in your life. Do not go for good, wait for God. And I cannot stress that enough. And I wanted to talk to you, mm. Vic. You told us that you're married. I can't see Jesse. I don't know. I think he's is. sitting out the back with my baby girl. Aww. She's asleep. So, so talk, yeah. talk to us about that. Like, how did you go about 
dating, finding Jesse, who to choose? Well, we were, I was at a little church, like I said. There was about 80 to 100 people in the church. I was going to and no other teenagers. So I was like, where am I going to meet this man? Um, <laughs> definitely not in the club. And so I, like, I went to a school. Uh, That's no, a good point, though, If you right? did, good for you. But, but um, people, think, people yeah. think there's no one in my church. Yeah, so that was me. There literally right. wasn't. I went to a, sm- a small group with, like, 40-year-olds. But um, they were wise. I was into it. But whatever. Um... But way too old. I was like, I'm not dating a 40-year-old. I'm like 16. Um, but yeah, so I, Jesse came here from um, New Zealand and they had no car and they had to walk to their local church and it happened to be ours. So he walked in the room um, with his family and I remember thinking he was too young for me because he was a year younger than me and at the time that was a big deal. And I remember asking his dad, do you have one more older brother? Because there was three boys. <laughs> and I was like, is there another one that's older? He's like, yeah, um, except it's a girl. I'm back in New Zealand. I was like, not going to work for me. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So it took Jess and I about um, seven years, I think, before we actually started dating. Mm. I liked him. Um, I remember, like, thinking... Why doesn't he notice me? <laughs> I, think, I was like doing star jumps over here. I'm really cool and nice. And What's wrong with you, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> he's shy and he was a bit naughty, so I was kind of staying clear of him. Um, but what I actually fell in love with him um, when we would have conversations, like he's, I found him attractive. I thought he was cool, but when we would talk, it was like he got God, like I did. And I was in an environment at the time as a young adult, like young 20s, and I was in this kind of environment. I was meeting a lot of people, and a lot of boys were like Christian boys, but I see them doing things. I'm like, hang on, that doesn't quite add up for me. And um, whenever I, when I met Jesse, exactly what he said he was, he was. And, um, and I saw him journey through, like, you know, a few maybe five pretty naughty years and then I was thinking what is with this guy like when I talk to him about God it makes complete sense to me and um and then yeah about mid-20s um he came to the his own understanding of his future and he was like I'm all in I'm all for this cause I'm all for God I'm all for this and then with that came him asking to date me so yeah I think he was sort of like waiting because he knew who I was like at one time I remember having a conversation with him and he was like I hate church and I was like right and we I was like I work full-time at a church yeah. <laughs> like let's talk about that and I was like how can I like a guy that doesn't even like going to church and so years later when he'd sort of walked that journey and I was saying to him, I was like, well, do you like the idea of a bunch of people getting together, worshipping God, finding out more about him and meeting the needs of the community? He's like, I love that idea. That's the church. So what you don't like is just your experience of it. So why don't you join the party? And rather than having opinions and pointing, get in the party, get in the conversation and change it from the inside out. <laughs> and I, I told him how it was. Okay. I think it's, yeah. It's the red hair. I was like, you married a redhead and it's fiery. <laughs> Has he got red hair too? No, no, I've got oh, red you? hair. Oh, you? I think he was saying, hang on, because he's got shaved he's head and shaved head. I don't Cameron know what's had red that. hair. It's gone now. When I started dating Jesse, he had long dreadlocks. He did. I remember the mm. photos. Yep. So yeah. now it's gone the other way. Mm. He's got long beard, no, no hair on top, <laughs> other way around. So how long did you date for? We dated for about five years. Um, and we, like, let, let's just be open and honest here. We did things traditionally. So I, we waited till our wedding night to, you know, do the deed. And so I um What's the deed? <laughs> I just want to cut in cut like yeah. So I went to a non-Christian school. So I was like the last girl standing um, in terms of that. And so none of my friends could quite believe it. And um, on my wedding day, like all my girlfriends yeah. were like 
bawling their eyes out. They'd never quite been in an atmosphere like my, like a lot of them hadn't been to church. So on my yeah. wedding day, they were just like, I can't believe it. Like, you know, you made it. Um, what? <laughs> I did. I was like, yeah, damn straight I did. Now we got to go. No, <laughs> but you know, so many, like, I've heard years. people saying, <laughs> yeah, that's a long five years. But you hear people say, oh, but it's so hard. It's so it hard. hard. Right. And yeah, it is. But you know what? If you just draw a line in the sand and you make the decision, it is not impossible. It's very, very, very possible. And you it was need hard every day. I right. think even just like um, that aside, even just logistically, like not living together and, you know, like going on holidays and those sorts of things. And we chose not to do those things until we had like gotten married. Even that was hard. So I, my beautiful sister and her husband, every family holiday would go on, we'd split rooms. And they're like a married That's couple. Awesome. It'd be two weeks. And he, my, like my boyfriend, Jesse, is in with my brother-in-law sharing a double bed when the snoring and I'm in with my sister. I remember one Bali holiday, my dad made Jesse sleep in his room. With your dad in his room? That's brutal. My dad was like, hey, man, yeah, you can come on holidays, but you're sleeping right at the end of my bed, and I'm a light sleeper. We need more parents like that. That's Cameron and me, by the way, so, like, if anyone's got any, like, ideas about Georgia, like, no. (laughs) She's very pretty. And there's a long lineup of people to go through, like, Chris Estrada, Sam Long, Russell Ever, all of them. <laughs> you'll all be in the same bed. You're all, love that. So but, that's like the test. Anyone yeah. that likes George, you're all in the same bed with the but boys. I will just add in, Renee, like, I hope that you hear my heart in this. Like, that's the goal, right? But if it's not your story, God's got that too. Because I would hate for anything I just said to make anyone feel like their past is going to define their future. So you can actually start fresh. So if, um, if that's something that you've, you know, you haven't, you've been there with someone or whatever and you're entering into a new relationship, whatever that looks like, or you might be doing it now and you want to stop or whatever, like I just want you to know that what I just said then is I said out of grace and love and encouragement and nothing but that because God, he, he just can start things fresh and clean and he can restore what was lost and he can do good things in your future and he has a relationship for you that is just the best adventure ever. Um, so I think that's my only thing I'd say about dating is date someone who sets your heart on fire in a God way, you know, because um, abs are great, but they fade. <laughs> they're there, they're just cushioned. <laughs> my abs, not his. Um, but <laughs> you want to marry someone that's going to be there in the hard times. Mm. Man, that yeah. is such good wisdom. And you know what? That I know that that has just spoken to so many people now here in the room listening um, as well online right now that just what Victoria said, that God is a God that heals and restores and that you can make a decision from now. Mm. You know what? I'm going to do it God's way from now and go into your future relationships Mm. healthy. Mm. Amen. Okay. So you've got this really successful business, right? Mm. And a lot of people would just look at your social media and go, oh my gosh, like she's made it. But you have been studying to become a credentialed pastor, or are you already credentialed? I'm credentialed. You're credentialed. Sorry, she's credentialed. I get free parking at the hospital. That's about all it's for. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I never pull out like, what's this card for? I just put in my wallet. Never see it again. But um, yeah, I am an ordained pastor, Victoria Beatty. PMC or OMC? Um, I think I just came off the trial. Oh, I'm still on trial. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got my OMC yet. Oops. So talk to us about that. Like, why? Why? Why be a pastor? Why go study? Why go back and take on a youth ministry when you've got this amazing business? 
good question. Um, I actually, um, when I left school, was a youth pastor. And I grew up in a Christian home and my upbringing was very much almost like Bible college. <laughs> so, um, but I remember thinking I need to know more. And I did the Youth Alive Academy internship um, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And from that point forward, I've just kept studying. So I've done a subject a semester every year, you know, since then. And so slowly was just building up my study. And I did it purely to learn. Um, but alongside that, I've always loved local church and always just done whatever's needed. And sometimes that looks like kids ministry. And sometimes it looks like um, I did like five years on logistics. So I, you know, organized the chairs and the stage and all that kind of thing. I don't have obvious gifts like my husband. My husband is like an incredibly talented musician and singer and plays any instrument and any song just by listening. Um, I was never like that in church. I sort of was just like, I'm here and I really like it and I'm a hard worker, <laughs> what can I do? So um, yeah, my journey just looked more like that and I've always loved the local church and now I, um, I speak a lot at our church so I um, thought getting my Bible college background, I'm actually gonna keep studying, I just applied for my bachelor so I'm gonna get you know, my degree in theology. So yeah, I just wanna learn, I wanna know what the Bible really has to say. I'm addicted to the word of God. So. Um, it just sort of potted along and happened naturally. Yeah, it was never like a career for me. It was more out of a response to the need in my local church that they needed us, yeah. I love that. Yeah. There is so much to be said for people who know how to do hard work. Hard work and hustle. And I think more people need to pick up a broom and stack the chairs and just do whatever's in front of you. Um, that's actually, for me, I think when I think about an ordinary life and how God can put extraordinary on it, he actually... Um, really puts grace and anointing on our hard work. He does. So, he does. amen. I love that. So, talk to me about um, what living no ordinary life means to you. You were chatting to me about articles that your dad used to send you. I love this. So, my dad's really eccentric, and um, he's a girl dad. So, there's just girls in my family, and he's like the OG feminist. So, he would be sending me articles. He called it compulsory reading from when I was little, and he put it on the end of my bed. This is before he could send a link, and he'd cut out articles from the newspaper and put it on the end of my bed of women doing amazing things. But it wasn't like, um, you know, all the crate like um, Jane Goodall or something. It was like really ordinary but amazing. So I remember one article was of this woman and she was the first woman truck driver in the Northern Territory. And dad was like, what a woman, cut it out, put it on the end of my bed. And so I woke up in the morning and I was like, wow, that is amazing. And um, then it would be like this single mom that went back to study after her babies went to school and oh, what a woman. And he'd cut it out, put it on the end of my bed. And so my whole life, I've um, what's been celebrated in my house was women that doing incredible things. But often in this environment, you can look up here and think that this is the only incredible thing. But it's actually just whatever like gets you excited. You can often think that that dream, everyone wants it, but it's actually just for you. And so I remember growing up thinking, oh, the dream's in my heart. Everyone must be running this race and it's so competitive, but it's actually, like, nah, that dream is actually God breathed. He made you unique and it's just for you. So you can dream it and dream it freely, believing it's gonna happen. And so I grew up thinking like um, in my house, if you wanted to go work with animals or a pastor or in business or whatever that looked like, it was celebrated. So for me, my background is that what's extraordinary is doing what's in you like yeah not just up here like th this is like 
not even 1% of my life sitting on a stage chatting. The real stuff is the behind the scenes and that's, um, you know, your extraordinary is for me, just your everyday doing it right, you know, yeah. Mm. On the plane recently, on the way back, we, we went and had a holiday in Bali and on the way back I watched that Ride Like a Girl. Yes, I love Who's that. Who's seen that movie? I watched it last week. Yeah. Like hardly anyone. What? It's Australian. It's about the first girl that rode a horse and won in the Melbourne Cup and it only just happened in like 2015. Anything like that. Was it, am I right? 2015? Yeah. I was like bawling by the end. I'm like, you go, girl, you yeah. ride that horse. So like I watched that with my dad. That's, oh, his, that, that's his kind of movie. He's just like, yes, yes, you ride right. that. Yeah, yeah. And she had tragedy. Her sister fell yeah. off a horse and had died. And like, and she just kept getting back on that. Literally back on the horse. Back on the horse, right? Mm. I can hear people talking. I'm like, what? Is, is it like you talking because you guys have seen this amazing movie? But I love mm. being inspired by things yeah. like that. Like, who would think that riding a horse, like, yeah. that's what she loved. Do what you love. Mm. So just for the last five minutes, Vic, mm. um, can you talk to us about some of the challenging moments or perhaps something that you'd look back and say, this has been the most challenging moment mm. of my life mm. and what you've done with that and how you've gotten through mm. that? Yeah. Sure. Um, goodness, this is going to be a bit tricky, but I'll do my best. So, um, yeah, we. I feel like before I share the main challenges of my life, um, my business, it may look successful and um, there's been all sorts of articles written about my sister and I, but um, behind the scenes, it is drama. So we literally, I feel like our business has been under attack from day one. So there are just weeks where I think, is this the week we call it a day and just go, we're done. Um, but it, in that, like I think I was sharing with Renee in um, James 1, that's something that God, like Jesus actually promises that when you follow him, there is like persecution. And um, recently Andrew Denton said to me um, that when you're under attack, you're right on track. And I was like, I, my name actually means the feminine version of a warrior in battle, um, Victoria. And so that is so me. So I feel like for the last eight years of running my business, it has been a weekly battle um, of like a spiritual one because it might look like I'm selling round towels, but at surface level. But underneath that, God's creating a platform of influence and money for his kingdom. And so that's never going to be given to you easy. Um, that's going to be hard work and plowing ground and a battle. So that's been a challenge. You wouldn't believe that's for another time, the challenges we've had in our business. But personally, um, I got knocked for six like, the last couple of years. And for some reason, challenges in my business, I kind of can have a good shield because I see it for what it is and it's just a business. But um, I, a few years ago, I had a one-year-old boy and my, my husband and I decided to try for our second baby. And we fell pregnant over the last two years, four different times and lost all four of those little babies. And I can tell you, like, you can hear those stories, but when you walk it as a woman, um, nothing can prepare you for it. Well, actually, I was kind of prepared through 20 years of walking with the Lord. I had strong mental health to be able to walk that journey. And it just broke my heart completely. Like, I was shattered. I had to take time off everything. So I got... Um, I had what we called stress leave and took 12 weeks off ministry and my business, which was really difficult to do when you run your own company. And we've got a global company. I've got staff in Miami and LA and here in Australia and just sort of sitting down with them and going, hey, I'm your leader, but I'm out for a bit. Um, it was just the most hardest time of my life. And I remember sitting down with my senior pastor and she was the one that 
kind of taught, not many people can tell me what to do, but she can. And she said, you need some time off. And um, so she said, you know, I'm sort of telling you to take three months off. And I said to her, what on earth am I going to do with my time? I'm used to like 5 a.m. starts and 10 p.m. finishes. And she was like, you're going to just spend it with God. And I'm a busy person. So my time with God is often like half an hour in the morning. You know, I'm not used to just dwelling for hours with him. And so over the 12 weeks, um, I'm just sharing this. This is the biggest challenge I've been through in my life. Um, I was absolutely heartbroken and I didn't even know. I, so I'd find myself in Woolworths food shopping and then I'd just be bawling my eyes out. I'm like, what is that? Like, I'm not that person. I'm strong. And I would, um, yeah, go home and um, just be really, really upset. And I even noticed I was removing myself from friendship circles and just not really able to be anywhere but home. And, um, yeah, anyway... Um, I was just spending time with God every day. So I had a toddler, so it was busy still. But we'd go to the beach and I'd get home and put him to bed and I'd go to my couch, get my Bible out, and I would just read it. Not to learn, not to study, not to prepare a sermon, but just to read it, let it wash over me. And um, I just read it and read it and read it. At the very end of that 12 weeks, I didn't really have any expectations for what I imagined God would do in that moment. In those 12 weeks, I just thought I'd just take a rest. Um, but at the end of those 12 weeks, as I was just spending time with God, I'd gotten up early before my son at about 5 a.m. And I was just sitting there. And God gave me a vision of my four unborn children in heaven. Like you wouldn't believe it was, I could see their faces. And in a second, my heart was completely healed. I felt the weight of grief, like, actually lift off my shoulders. And I felt God just say to me, you're healed. And it was the most incredible moment because I didn't expect that. I couldn't have imagined it. And God just did it. And then three months later, we fell pregnant for our sixth time. And I was just rattled with fear and worry and anxiety because I'd just been through four pregnancies. I'd been pregnant for like over a year out of the, those two years and, uh, and everything that comes with that. And then, um, yeah, I fell pregnant with my daughter, Patience. And I was just terrified, to be honest. I wasn't admitting it, but on the inside, every... Um, every little feeling, I'd be like, am I losing her? Like, I went and got a scan every three days just to sit, see her heartbeat. And um, my dad gave me a scripture. And my dad has done the time in my life of being a really good man. And he gave me this scripture from Isaiah. Um, Renee, you might have to help me remember it. But it said, it said um, do not dwell on the past. Um, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I've probably mixed it up a bit. But it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and I'm making streams in the desert. And my dad said to me, you need to protect this one from the past because this one doesn't know what you've been through and it needs protecting from a broken-hearted mother. <laughs> and something in my maternal instincts kicked in and that was the motivation I was able to get better because that little one needed protecting from what I'd been through. And you know what? I hope I can just go there with you young people Whatever damage or brokenness is in your past, you can leave it there and you can actually trust in God that he can heal that. And it didn't actually take the baby to heal it. The healing came before the situation got better. So patience didn't fix me. She didn't like fix the grief. What did was God. He 100% healed my heart. And so even this morning, um, 
I'm going to pray, or this afternoon, I'm going to pray with you guys, because I just feel it might be a good opportunity. But if you're in this place, and you're in the middle of a challenge, or you've got a broken heart, and even some of those symptoms I shared, crying for no reason, staying home, not wanting to go out and see friends, or whatever that looks like for you, I am a living testimony that God can heal the most toughest situation, and he can do it before the situation gets better. Thank the Lord, <laughs> because sometimes it doesn't get better straight away. Sometimes the miracle is years away, like it was for my husband and I. So even right now, can you all just, if you feel just to, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes and even bow your heads. I'm just going to pray for you if you're in this place and you've got a broken heart. Maybe it's that a parent like walked out. Maybe it's that you don't have that a relationship that you really wanted. Maybe it's that someone, a friend, rejected you at school, or you know someone you really cared about said something mean, maybe you've had abuse in your past or whatever that looks like. But I want to pray right now that the living God would just come and just heal and do what only he can do. So dear Lord Jesus, I just love you so much, God. I love that we can be in this place laughing and talking about business and then in a second you can come. God, right now I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and have your way. God, you would do what only you can do and you would heal hearts in this place. Lord, I shared about some moments where you came and you branded upon my heart a fire for you. And God, in that same ability that you have, I pray right now you would come and you would heal hearts. You would cover up wounds. You would fix and restore. And I pray that, that would be done, that it would just be complete. I pray even the weight and the burden of grief or pain would lift. And even right now, people would begin to feel a lifting off their shoulders. And I pray and ask this in your mighty and most precious name. Amen. <laughs> You thought we were going to talk about Instagram. <laughs> How to get followers next minute. She's crying. <laughs> that was that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we yeah. Can we thank Victoria for sharing? Thank you, Vic. Thank you. Thank you.